0: podcast.
1: This is Bruce. This is John.
2: This is the Blixter. And this is Trav. Welcome to the Tri-Tac Games podcast. Your podcast of playing along with cute furry little creatures that could probably save your butt. Happy happy happy. This week we are talking about the new fringe worthy race, the Pangalisk. Otherwise known as Pangos. Otherwise known as what's what's your favorite name for it, Blix? Uh, I
3: don't really have a favorite name for
2: it. <laughs> I call them Pangos. John. Um, vermits. Vermits. Okay. Trav.
4: Like lisks, you know, apostrophe L-I-S-K-S. You know, like uh, get the lisk over here. You know. All
3: right. Well, let's move on. Come on. Um, their
4: usual quote is. As they while tugging at your knee and trying to get you to follow uh well, yeah, they find something they think is neat and they want to share it with everybody. problem is they're like, no, we don't want to see the grubs that you ate <laughs> i <laughs> I have one, I have one player well, I had one player a long time
0: ago, who would have just shot them out of hand oh, most of my other players would have shot them the second time a Pangolist tried to lead them into a problem to for, to get them to solve it. <laughs>
1: And looking at the good traits, adopt fringe really into their families and ad- expect adopted family to babysit, that certainly doesn't sort of contradicts what you're saying about them leaving. They're like building a really big family unit.
0: They're incorporating you in- into their tribe, into their pack.
4: Yeah.
1: They can still do that and spread. It's not like
2: you see 5,000 pangolins moving along in a herd like buffalo. They're always there ain't in relatively ain't no party small like groups. Party, and if they ha- go into heat more than t- uh, once a year, you got lots of pangolus being
1: produced.
0: Pangalus reproduction. Okay, there's going to be a classy topic.
1: Yeah. Oh my. Well,
4: fifty <laughs> percent mortality rate. They're still kicking out. Then they have four eggs per well clutch.
1: And remember, that's a percentage chance. It's great. It's quite possible all four eggs survive. This is a race of, of beings who don't
2: have any doctors. They don't seem, well, at least they don't seem to have any doctors, any healing kind of thing. They don't have any technology. They don't do surgery. So you know, as you said, tech level zero. So 50% survival rate is actually pretty darn good. I mean, human beings didn't have 50% survival rate until the 20th century.
1: Yeah. They just make cute little baby pangolins all the time.
4: <laughs> it's one of the two things that pangolins make. Of course, the other is well, pangolins dropping so. Um, okay. <laughs> pangol poo. Yeah, pangol poo. Yeah. Uh, naming and it's it very phonetic sounds like Arrow, Oi, AC, EB, AB, it e. And then I did explorers tend to tag them with numbers on their harnesses and call them descriptive names such as Buddy, Lassie, Squeak, and First Alert.
1: And they are popular hey you. Yeah.
4: And don't touch that.
0: <laughs> My name is Stop That.
4: The ones that they call them stay, so it's, come here, stay, come here,
0: stay.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> yeah. Stephen Wright's dog just bit you, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or, or or get back here.
0: <laughs> get out of that.
1: That's not food. <laughs>
0: yeah. But bullets are so shiny. No, stay out of that.
1: They play with your pistol, too.
4: <laughs> oh, God, what was it that Eric the Enabler always said that would be the perfect army? Oh, yeah. Pangolus wearing corduroy body suits. With little made-for-them bullpup guns. (laughs) Because they come up with the static electricity, just zap, and then shoot (laughs) you. My friend Eric is a very sick man.
0: Yes, I was about to say, he needs to have his meds adjusted. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He should probably see a specialist about that. Have (laughs) him bring the Fringeworthy book in as a diagnostic aid.
4: Okay, so these things, as I said, they're cute. They're adorable. They're childlike. They were built with a specific purpose to alarm and defend against melor.
1: Yeah, they're dang handy to have around.
0: Was there something about the pangolus bite and the melor, or am I misremembering? That's, no, that's the slargs. slargs. That's the slargs. Okay, so
3: no, well, I meant the the pangolus too. What? Well, they don't have a bite. They've got they've got the
4: the digging claws, which the Venom could be on those because they secrete it everywhere, and it could be on the claws.
0: So they spit and they secrete a mellor venom that will paralyze a mellor. Yes, yes, right. Yep. Okay, but it's the slargs who can bite a mellor and undo the programming vandalism that was introduced to them. Yes,
1: correct. And because they frighten slargs, you'll never will see a slarg walking in a pack of pa- pangolins, though they'll come up to him and go shiny, and they go, "Yeah, get away from me!" Or more like, "Ah!" Uh, get away from me! Get away
3: from me! That is more evidence, as far as I'm concerned, as far as as my conspiracy theory will go, that the uh, that the gags definitely did that on purpose. They did not want the Slargs and the Pangolus working together because that would be way too deadly for the to take out Mellor.
0: So the Gax knew the design of the Slargs and knew the design of the Pangolus from the get go. They had the technical.
3: I'm sure they did. Oh yeah, you
2: were part of the project. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: They were part of the engineers that did it.
2: That's the only way they could have got in there and made the coding adjustments.
1: Yeah, they must have found it easier to, sw- the, the, to do the swapping of the fight and flight reflexes. That probably was the easiest thing they could do. Yeah, yeah, you know, it wouldn't be very evident at first until they actually got in trouble.
0: So what we're what we're saying here is that. The shape-changing aliens are one kind of overlord, but the lizard aliens are a separate kind of overlord.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Oh, you can
1: have multiple overlords, you know.
3: Most most tinfoil tinfo- hat tinfo- conspiracy nuts believe that. <laughs> <laughs> what if you could give the Slarg anti-anxiety medicine?
0: Then you'd have a very relaxed Slarg walking down the paths away from the pangalus, hey man.
3: Dude, dude!
0: That's just not my bag, man. I ain't playing that, man. Hey!
3: The slargs like, like, oh, Prozac Nation. <laughs> Dude! Because <laughs> uh, I think
1: the slargs have more genetic vari- variability than the pangolists seem to do.
4: All adult pangolists are all three feet. Yep. Now, slargs, you can have them a little bit bigger or smaller, and there's variation in the coat coloring. Pangolists are uniformly alike
1: so it makes me wonder if there if there's a random mutation and it, it, you have a slug who's born brave,
0: you'd find a little a little slarg baby starving in the woods because his parents would have fled in cowardly terror
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you're probably right, yeah. what do pangalsks eat? What do they like to eat
1: if they're like their genetic cousins uh what's under that rock looks delicious. <laughs>
3: Hakuna Matata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a wonderful phrase. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which means they hate uh, they hate Antarctica because there's no nothing to eat. Right, right.
2: Well, there's sure plenty of stuff to eat. It's wait, all in now, cans. That's why they need us to open the cans.
1: Right. They eat beans. Would they like people food? Well,
3: they eat beans. I'm sure. Who doesn't? <laughs>
1: That's why they smell.
3: Eats, eating the magic fruit. Mm-hmm. The, the, the more you eat, the more you oot.
1: The more you oot, the better you eel.
0: <laughs> oh. And Artin Orse is Orse <laughs> And they always blame the
4: Slarks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Eat it. Eat it. And the slaughter is going, you see why we hate them now?
2: Let <laughs> well, I me mean, just think about it. Okay, when they point at somebody, they have four arms.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you have one finger pointing at him, you have four you coming back
2: at you. At- yeah. Just the, the body language trumping this going on. Yeah. Kind of a screw job there. It's like, and then all of a sudden, and then of a sudden you look around and there's like five of them because they're in packs. And all yeah. five of them are putting four arms. And so you got the one slarger going, no, not me. And they're all like, Five, I mean, 15, 20 arms are all pointing
1: at him. It's poor guy. Yeah, there's no way anyone's gonna believe him. Probably more than that because they can they can probably use their tail to the point with as well. Oh yeah, let's not forget about the tail.
4: Scramble
0: tail. tail, yeah. So pangolisks are cuddly.
1: Oh yes.
3: I'm just you know what? I'm just imagining the listener that comes to this show, right? Who's not familiar with, it. with Frenchworthy? and he's like having a good time laughing with this. It's like, it's hilarious. I have no idea what they're talking about.
0: <laughs> Why should the listener
4: be any different? I'm right there with him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like my one coworker, he came in on, he, he listened to the podcast one time, and he's not a gamer, mundane sports fan. But he goes, I don't know what the hell you guys were talking about. It was amusing as hell. <laughs> cool. Well,
2: well, well, you know, really, Jay, if, if I look at the good traits and the bad traits, we pretty much got you covered there.
4: Uh,
1: <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah we adopted you into the family. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I met Jay. He's yeah, cuddly. You adopted me. <laughs> you adopted him. What the hell?
0: You said you okay. wouldn't tell anybody.
4: <laughs> I think yeah. you are as We're it
0: released the films to YouTube, I'm fine.
2: Yeah, but but <laughs> you are far more valuable to us as our our resident kegak. I mean, we really just can't we can't we can't let you play in the Pangalus area too much.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jay. What would the Pang? What would the kegak say about the pangolith Any uh, anything? <laughs> 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 I don't know those I never saw those guys. <laughs> I didn't see Steal stealing you
1: have caps. Nothing. <laughs> there we go. As a GM, when would you introduce the Pangolus to your players? To-
4: so, I think Jay hit it on the head. You could bring <clears> them. <throat> excuse me. You could bring them in the early campaign and just think, okay, they're cute. They're annoying. They're you know they get into trouble. Yeah, they're they're pets. We can't get rid of them. And then in the middle campaign, when you start bringing the meller in, that's when they prove their worth. After you're wanting to throttle these things because they're just cheesing you off, and then they're a Mellor alarm, and you're like, oh, we love you.
0: <laughs> What's that you say, Lassie? You drop the pangalus down the well again?
4: <laughs> no, but but, th- but
1: think about their very first very first time they actually go off on a meller. It's going to probably be a meller in disguise. So here's this, here's this little creature going, ee, ee, ee! Spit, 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 and there's a guy. They actually, actually do a meller
0: alarm, like a car alarm.
1: away from the arty! away from the arty! <laughs> but the thing is, they spit at a person, not a meller, because because you don't know he's in disguise. And they and he gets frozen, and all of a sudden you realize these are dangerous creatures because nothing tells you that's a meller. Uh-huh. Right. You're grabbing the the pangolas <laughs> and
2: dragging them off, trying to get out of Dodge before the police <laughs> arrive. For this unprovoked attack
0: I, on sorry, a passerbyer, I, I didn't know my armadillo monkey would do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now you're covered in this stuff that smells the high heaven.
2: Probably slippery. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, it could be a lubricant, you know.
3: Yeah. It's really okay, weird, too. because
0: okay, Slow down. Slow down. We're not going down that road. Oh, God, <laughs> no. <please. laughs> oh. Lubricants and frozen solid Melor, not a good combo. No, no. <laughs>
1: And we don't know how what the duration is on the paralysis. Yeah, he's all looped up, and he can't move.
2: Well, we know it can't be
1: more than a couple of hours.
2: Wave off! Wave off! <laughs> pull up, Blakes! Pull up! <laughs> yeah, you're right. It can't be more than a couple of hours, because... Because in the adventure that's listed in the back, the, the Mellers already been frozen twice that day,
1: and he doesn't want it to happen a third time.
4: Yeah, I'd say two to four hours, I would say, that they're...
1: Yep, and he'll be taken to a hospital if, it, if it's that kind of culture. Otherwise, the people look at him, what's wrong with him? Bring the shaman, <laughs> wait, you know?
3: <laughs> wait, till Miller says the pangolin. thing is, he says, don't glaze me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: walk up, and there's, and, and there's this very angry, evil overlord frozen by the side of the li- liquor store with cigars in his hand.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no no he's got the he's got the time the, the the venom on him it's like oh, bill murray i've been slime gray <laughs> he's slime gray.
3: <laughs> i think we've gone through the portal of
2: silly yeah uh, uh, I, I, well, we are talking about Pangolas here well, he's
0: <laughs> a kind of I the portal i live there that's my <laughs> home world
1: <laughs> that's your prime that's yeah. it if the players are honest, and they don't read through the GM section of the book and don't read about the NPC. They don't know the Pangolus can do this, and they're, they're, their reaction is going to be: "This guy just paralyzed this guy. Neat! How can I use this on other people?" All
0: right? I, I've GM'd the game, and I haven't read the book all the way through. The players aren't going to read it in that, in that density.
1: Oh, you never played the people I used to play with.
0: Oh, okay. They go through it word by word, huh? Cover. Yep.
1: I knew guys who could quote the D, the, the uh, DM manual, pay, you know, chapter and verse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were players, not GMs.
4: If I'm starting to forget rules, I've got players who have drank more than me and they still can say, no, Robert, it's this, this, and this. I'm like, okay, thank you.
0: It's bad when you're the player who says, what dice do I roll again? It's real bad when you're the GM who says, okay, what dice do I roll again? Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, Trav, uh, just to stick with the D20, uh, yep. Since most things in D20 uh, that invoke paralysis uh, have a duration of 2 to 12 r- uh, turns, I would say that would probably be the best way of handling their duration on the freezing.
4: Okay, so 2D6, yeah.
2: 2D6, right. Turns. The old time term was 10 minutes.
0: 2D6 times 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay.
1: So a minimum of 20 minutes, no more than then 2 hours. Yeah. Okay. Averaging around an hour.
0: Okay. That's time to get a lot of work done with a Sharpie marker.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is, they don't like fighting and stuff and they really don't like the meller. What I see happening is, is that you're going along the street and you're with a group of these guys. So all of a sudden, like half of them start hawking loogies at some person,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and the other half person on the
2: street that you had no pain, no attention to whatsoever. And then they just grab you and they like, you know, it's, it's like your body surfing at, you know, at a YouTube concert, <laughs> they just pick you up and they just run down the street, carrying you. You're like, what is going on here? You know? And hey, before you and know, know it, you're three blocks away. App, 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 app. And you have no idea what just happened. And you're kind of afraid to go back because you're afraid that guy will press charges if you do.
0: I'm sorry, officer. I had no idea my armadillo monkeys would do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and chances are Mellor are going to use me in positions of power, but not top of the power, but you know, behind-the-scenes power. As therefore, it's going to be something really important that he just spit on.
2: <sighs> yes.
1: Or not. I
2: mean, it's hard to say because you know most of the Mellor that they can really pass for human, they got to at least be the, you know, the low Mellor.
0: Carl Rove was taken to the hospital today after a <laughs> mysterious case of, of paralysis after yes. a weird armadillo monkey spit at him. <laughs> tell him to love
3: him. Hey, can you imagine? What's the frequency, Kenneth? <laughs> 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 what What are you talking about?
2: It's not going to be one <laughs> armadillo monkey. It's going to be a swarm of armadillo <laughs> monkeys to no,
0: no party like a pangalus party. I'll oh, yeah. yeah. tell you what. <laughs> wow that just sounds like a lot of fun
2: so uh, you were talking about how uh, how to play these guys so as a gm since you're saying that most of the time you're not going to be playing them as a pc at least not until they get firmly introduced to the players i mean how would you introduce them to the party you know here are your average people running a fringery party where would you add them in how would you do it
1: Neanderthal, an old an old man shows up with his pangolins hanging from his vest.
0: Yeah, or you come across a shop on a strange world where pangolisks are common pets. For
1: some reason, they don't know why.
0: If you just have them show up and start rummaging through the party's pack when they're camped out, you will liable to get your first few pangolins blown away that way.
3: Oh yeah, they'll be they'll eat them.
0: They will light them up. What that? What was that? Some sort of armadillo monkey? I don't I know. I don't know.
3: Light up a fire and put it on a stick.
1: Let's go.
0: That's it.
3: Pangolus is
1: good eating. They kind of smell a bit. Uh, Pangolus is good eating. <laughs>
0: you know,
2: I see you going into some little sh- curio shop, and they've got a breeding pair in a box. And they have a sign that says, do not feed after midnight. midnight Don't right? let them get wet. <laughs> yeah,
3: Bruce, I was getting ready to go there. Mugwai. <laughs> Mugwai! No, no, but seriously, like the trading post, you know, maybe a guy has it and, and – Maybe the person knows what it can do and knows that you guys are, you know, French travelers or whatever. And and the guy's like, look, I'm going to trade you something and I'm just going to advise you to keep a hold of this thing.
0: Either that or they're cute and they crawl on the one member of the party who's vulnerable to cute things. Oh, yeah. Can I keep him? And the guy sitting behind the counter just rolls his eyes and go, oh, yeah, (laughs) you can keep the banglas. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Uh, I see it as running into a bunch of fringe gypsies. It's almost like you look at it from above. You see this swarm of pangalas around the, the, the French gypsies. And they just kind of engulf the party. And then as the party leaves, some of them go with them and the other ones stay behind. And that's And that's what I was talking about again, how they just spread right. themselves. They right. just adopt groups as they come along and – you don't even realize it, probably somebody you drive off you know there's five or six <laughs> of them sitting on top of your vehicle or they're in the trunk or you know there's they're in the oven, but you know which is a bad spot for them to be, but still you know I'm <laughs> just saying is that you'll think you've left them behind and all of a sudden you find that there's there's five or six
0: of them imagine an alt where Godwin's law is in every conversation <laughs>
3: I, I was thinking. Uh, imagine you're you're captured by some pirates, right? And you're you're b- you're being held in a cell or a cage or something like that while they figure out what they're going to do with you.
0: And the pangolist in the next cell over. Says, yes. Yeah. That sad, opens up the cage and comes over and gives you a hug.
3: Or no, well, I was going to say, or or he's in the cage next to you, right? And he starts talking with you, and they have a charisma bonus, like they have a, a really high charisma.
0: eggs they need a heck of a charisma bonus to overcome john's voice for them
3: well well not only that but the thing pulls the key out of its pouch
0: oh yeah oh nice
3: and then you're like oh we got to take it we got to take him with us
2: yeah as a matter of fact that's the that's the gift that keeps on giving yeah i mean can you imagine how many things this things these things are going to be able to pull out of their pouch
0: (laughs) shiny things open doors i didn't know shiny things open doors
3: yeah, the, 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 the creature turns out to be like a plot device. Yes. It's when it
1: pulls out a crystal key from its pouch. That's Ooh, when you said, oh, yes. my best buddy. Especially when it's a crystal key that's higher than yours. Oh, yeah.
0: That, that's when you get to have a fun game of keep away when they throw it yeah. to each other and oot at you all, all afternoon long.
2: I'm thinking more along the lines of where they pull out the unbreakable comb from the Bureau 13 world.
0: Yeah, they'd keep it because it was shiny. Yeah, you'd run, it th- you'd run it through your hair and they'd look at you like, what are you doing with my shiny thing?
2: You're getting it all icky.
0: <laughs>
2: now I'm going to have to lick it all day long to get that clean again.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or the watermelon comb that does the, c- the color changing. Right, that too. Yeah, they, they give it to you and you go, what's a comb? Run it through your hair and everyone else is going, so- what, what's wrong? Uh, that's a nice shade of pink you just did to your hair there. <laughs> Or they do it to
2: you while you're asleep and you don't know how they did it.
0: Me, Fred, me, gro- me, groom you. Oh, could you question them on where they've been and get a coherent answer? Or would they just go, oh, I, I'm not into the bringing up the old path?
2: Yeah, let, let the past be the past.
0: Yes. You know,
2: what happens on Epsilon, you know, uh, quadra <laughs> stays on Epsilon quadra four.
1: <laughs> you pop out onto a pocket stop. And the only thing that's there sentient are pangos. So, do you immediately start speaking pango at that point? Yes.
0: Yes. Oh. Yes.
1: You might actually be able to have a coherent conversation at that point. Um. Yes. I guess that could happen. Unless this is the way they talk. It doesn't take into account the
2: whole learn, you know, getting the gifted language. Yeah. So, just treat it as a, an affectation, just a colorful. Racial characteristic.
1: Yeah.
0: Welcome to Cultured Panglis Theater. I am Alistair Shiny Thing (laughs) 4. And I am digging things up that should not be. (laughs) (laughs) I have many shiny things in my pouch. I may show them to you if you are nice to me.
2: I have things that are not shiny. We will talk about them later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me. Do do you know how to use this can opener on these... Can of beans?
0: <laughs> this shiny thing doesn't seem to want to work with this other shiny thing. Mm. Perhaps we should call technical support.
1: <laughs> no, they probably would be able to open up the pop top on a can of spam though.
2: I borrowed all your grenade pins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would say yeah. At that point, yeah, when when they do that, be the nice GM and make sure the grenade is securely in its pouch, and the and the spoon is in the is in the strap as well, because that way it doesn't go off on the guy, which is which would be really mean and nasty to your players. <laughs> it was Paul.
2: He said is that once you pull the pin, you really can't put it back in. That's a that's a a television and movie affectation. You no, just no, need to take minute. that thing. And- and throw it as far away as
0: possible. Uh, I think it's a spring-loaded kind of igniter kind of a thing.
3: I think it's once the spoon pops off.
2: But right but now. he said was they have a tendency to shift around, too, oh, and really isn't reliable it to try to put that back in. Right, the, right. Uh, basically, uh, yeah. once you pull that pin, things are in motion. I see.
1: When you squeeze the spoon, it's no longer aligned, and it'd be impossible to get the pin back in. You have to release the spoon a little bit to get in, but you take the chance of triggering the uh, the fuse at that point.
0: Probably better to give it to the pango and then run. Gentlemen, I have to call it a night tonight. Go and go seek shiny things in the morning. But well, you I
1: just feel- got here,
2: Jay.
0: I know, I know, but uh, the, the 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 driving of the cab, it... It, it, the graphics are wonderful, but it's just as grindy as heck.
1: Take care, Jay.
0: Yep. Right. Thanks for Have joining a good us, night, gentlemen.
2: Okay, there are going to be some people who are probably going to be offended by these creatures because, really, these are the step and fetch it of the of the fringe system, right? I mean, they're they're basically designed to be your spear carrier. I mean, they're like an extra set of hands, you know, quite a few of them, as a matter of fact. They don't have any desires of their own, really. It seems they're very, very helpful if you watch them, but as soon as you don't watch them, they get in trouble. It, to a certain extent, it seems rather patronizing. These fringe explorers have a patronizing role toward them. You don't see any problem with, you know, someone saying, "Hey, the Pangolists should
1: have their own culture, their own whatever." If they are, you know, if they and they most likely are created creatures, they they may not be able to create a culture. I mean, they just they uplifted animals that never really well develop a culture. They yeah. whatever culture they have is what they've sort of created organically amongst themselves. Yeah. In Japanese animation, a couple of thematic things that happen
2: are creatures that are created to serve other creatures, they're either angeloids or they're robotoids or something. The humans are always trying to free them, and they're always like, "I want a master. I don't want to be
1: freed." I'm sure that there's people out there who find that very offensive. Yeah. But I don't see these guys as, I don't see these guys as looking for a master. They're looking for a bigger family, but still that may not, may may, people say that just, you're just mincing words there, but they really are looking for a bigger family.
3: Well, it's also possible if they have like, you know, the way baby geese have uh, or baby ducks uh, well, probably both have that imprinting genetic component. Maybe that's built into them. Maybe they have an, uh, a natural and it doesn't go away. They they need to imprint on somebody or something. Right.
2: Well, let, let me ask you this question, because we have you know talked in the past about how we think that the ideal fringe. Uh, well, role playing team, basically, in almost every game is modeled after the A-team. Yeah. Yeah. Can we imagine a pangolisk as Hannibal?
1: No. 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 He'd be Hannibal's dog, but right. not Hannibal.
2: Maybe face. I can almost see one of these as face. You know, it's, it's the one that kind of gets you. He runs over. He wants you to do stuff. He gets you to do stuff because he's charming or he hands you cryptic nose. He grabs you on the knees. They all carry you off. You know, that kind of e- emotional effusiveness. Okay. None of them are going to be the Ba Barabbas. They're not going to be the strong arm guy. They're not going to be the fighter guy. They're not going to be the, weapon, the, the heavy weapon handling person. I could definitely see them as Mad Murdock.
3: Well, I'm seeing them like a little bit of a combination of both. So they're resourceful. They they could sneak because they're small. They can sneak around. They can slip stuff into their pouch so that they can get resources, uh, much the way Face does. But at the same time, they sort of got that crazy, wild, childish likeness of Murdoch. Maybe they're fulfilling some some uh, multiple roles there, but not fully fulfilling any one.
2: I, I mean, I, I basically see them as as not standing on their own as an adventuring party, as, as a functional no. eff- effectiveness. So uh, it's, it's almost as if they have to be in a, a party group in order to be the most effective.
1: Right. You meet an old man. the first thing he does is look around and goes grab, grab, pulls off two and hands them to you. And the pangolus, they don't seem to have any problem with
2: that. Are we ever going to see pangolus crying because their their family unit is being split up? It seems like they are okay with it. No, they may give you a good sniff, but you know, once they're a mature size that they can stand on their own, it seems like they kind of kick the kids out and say, "Okay, I'm tired of looking at you. I just came back from Bush Gardens." We were checking into the cheetahs, and the cheetahs don't form breeding pairs. They're into the one-night stands.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So that means that the mom and the and the cubs are real tight, and dad may watch out for the group occasionally, but they don't have that kind of family dynamic. These guys seem to be kind of, as far as I can tell, is it outside of raising, watching over the very
1: young and the young that need to be protective, they're pre- it's pretty much of a free-for-all. I wonder if the, you know, you're know ever going to meet them without some sort of owner, so to speak. But if you do catch one in a while, it means there's another Fringeworthy fringe person out there someplace. So it's time to pull out the old crystal and go find Fringeworthy and locate them.
2: Right. Well, I, I don't want to limit AGM there, but I do see your point. Uh, it does seem most likely that when you run into a pangolus, you're going to be running into ones that already have a, a master. So in this story... Is at the end where they're involved, are they the do they belong to the uh to Mellor and kids? Is that the idea then? Probably. Yeah? I don't see them belonging to the uh Springe Pirate, and they certainly don't belong to the Mellor. The kids pet pangolisks. They're certainly not watching over the kids really. They are, but they're not really it's like a dog. I mean, the dog is very protective of children, but ultimately the child's in charge of the dog.
1: The Tremelon are not good people. They're just simply people, and they have their own needs and desires, and they can be kind of cruel to their own creations because, well, to them, they're just tools. Do you see your screwdriver to sleep at night? No. Do they see their pangalus to bed at night? No. It's just a tool. It's to them, these are just tools that talk back. They tend to make things that are
2: self-reliant.
1: Yeah, they can basically yeah. take care of themselves to a, up to a point. Of-
2: Except for the Pangolists, because the Pangolists are designed to be with other people because they're there to protect them by identifying the Meller. It's kind of a built-in weakness into their race, that they are compelled to
1: attach themselves to, uh, to alien groups. This would be would be fun, especially if you have a slarg player that Pangulus, whenever he see a slarg, the first thing to do is run up to it, because that's who they really want to be by. There's that attachment in their head saying that's who you want to be with, that guy right there. And trouble is, go, ah, go away, leave me alone, and it's just like heartbreak city at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love you anymore.
3: Well, maybe it's because again you know going back to like genetically predisposed to things maybe on a genetic level you know not not even conscious they they are anxious around them because they know their job is whatever he spots you kill it's like no they're danger magnets <laughs> right you
4: they're miss magnets danger magnets yeah definitely
3: they're looking for Mellor.
2: And when they see Mellor, they're gonna start spitting at it. The Schlarg is like, I don't want anything to do with the Mellor. Let's not bother the Mellor if you see one. No, they're like, ah, spit, 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 you know, and, and the Mellor's like, what the heck? <laughs> hey, you know, you know bring know the, the best- firepower. Call the boys. You, you you got 10 pangalists. I got 6,000 least mellor. Let's do the math.
1: The reason why they frighten Slargs is because if the Slargs were flipped around so the other way around, so they're really brave, they would actually be the pack leader. Yeah. The Slargs would be the pack leader, and they would get their pack together and make sure and get everything organized. Trouble is, because it's flipped around, they're scared to death of these guys. They're abdicating their
2: responsibility to the Pangolists, and the Pangolists instinctively don't understand this. Right. Because it's wrong. They're always oh. bothering the slarg.
3: Leave me alone, what do you want? He's <laughs> like, like, you know what the best kind of Mellor is? The one I didn't see.
1: <laughs> I mean the Sworg may not even not even know about Mellor, he just knows that these people are danger magnets. They're bad. Right. The thing protective about them. He feels the exact opposite to them. Yeah. And he doesn't know why, just the way he's wired. It makes sense
2: that they would be paired with the pangolus. The slarg may not be able to sense the meller at all. And therefore, they need the uh, pangolus to bird dog them, unless, of course, they're being very, very obvious and doing shape changing in front of them. And that may also be one of the reasons why they're so fearful, because at any moment, you know, they could run into a
1: meller. A meller could be anybody. Ah, and they're afraid of everybody as a result. Yeah, if the Slarg knows about Meller, if he you know, but I would say not every Slarg knows about Mellor. Yeah. We
2: just don't understand whether they've gifted them with
1: any kind of hereditary knowledge.
4: Yeah. Yeah. The Slargs should be really good combat specialists. Panglisks. Definitely an NPC race because of their unique personality. If you wanted to play one, I would say either give it to an experienced player. Or if you have like a kid playing, explain the mindset and they'd be pick, be able to pick it up right away. I would love to introduce a, a bunch of six year olds to oh, worthy, okay.
2: having them all play pangos. Uh, <laughs> or Brookians. Oh, better
1: yet,
4: with one adult player.
1: You can't say any, any full words. Just say eep, op, op art and it'll go. <laughs> they would probably never speak English
4: again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tangilis can be used to usher in the threat of the Mellor in the campaign very slowly. And at first have them, as Jay said, totally just an innocent, mischievous pet. And then, bam, you bring in that aspect of the campaign and everything will click. And it will help with a sense of continuity throughout the campaign. Because, oh yeah, that Tangilis we got a year ago, Yeah, it spits on people and it knocks them out. And then we find out that, you know, it's a mellow and all that. It's a good way to establish that longitudinal story arc throughout your campaign. Bruce did bring up the fact about them being built to be servant-dependent. And that might be a problem for some players. So it's an NPC race. You're the GM. It would be your decision knowing your players whether you want a race like that in the campaign. The pangalists certainly allow for interesting times in a fringeworthy campaign. If you decide to try this NPC race in your fringeworthy campaign, please let us know your results and other questions on our Yahoo groups. Fringeworthy RPG fans, fans of the TriTech podcast, and at the site where you download this podcast, tritechsystems.podbean.com. Oh, and hey... We now have a
3: YouTube channel.
4: Oh, oh, YouTube channel. Ooh, yes. And it's TriTag Games. We also have a Google Plus community. Ah, yes. So I've been admitted to recently. Thank you, John. All of those venues, you can let us know your your trials and using the Pangalisk in your campaign, as well as other questions. And we will have more for you next week. But until then... Up. This is Bruce Sheffer
2: saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them.
1: This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters
3: coming in. This is Blix. Don't hate the game, hate the players.
4: And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun.
1: Yo, brothers, this was the tri Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tritech Games. And if you don't, we'll be having your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers.